All right. Well, good morning, everybody. If you are a first-time visitor here to CPKI, we ask that you would look in your program. You should have gotten a, a connection card. Uh, in that connection card, please fill it out. Give us as much information about yourself as you would like. Um, on the back, you can also list your prayer requests or give us any comments or concerns or thoughts you have, and please drop that in the offering bucket as it goes by. And if you're a member here, you can put your prayer requests and concerns as well. I know one of your biggest concerns is, where is Pastor Brian and Rosie? Uh, we've been on vacation the last couple of weeks. We've had um, a great time. We've enjoyed life, uh, enjoyed a little downtime, and so we're so glad to be back. Uh, we've missed your faces. I'm very grateful for uh, your Vot and for Jake and for Marty holding it down the last couple Sundays for us. So thank God for them and them sharing and continuing the message with you guys. Um, we're going to ask that... Um, you hang in there with us for the next couple of weeks. We're finishing out our summer book series called From Good to Great in God's Eyes. If you have not gotten this book, and we've been preaching about getting this book for longer than we've been doing this series, this is a phenomenal, life-changing book. We would encourage you guys to get it. If you're not a book reader, but you're a listener, um, you have ears and you can hear, go get the audible version of this and download it and play it in your cars as you're riding around, driving, all that good stuff. Get this book. It's life-changing. It's what we've been preaching on the last couple of weeks. I'm going to ask that you guys would turn to the book of Ecclesiastics, the third chapter. If you don't know where that is, don't worry about it. It'll be on the screen in a second. And we're going to ask why you guys are flipping through Ecclesiastics to get there, uh, that you pray with us real quick. Uh, Father God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your love and your kindness. We thank you, Lord, for how you watch over us and protect us, God. Open up our hearts and our ears to receive your word and to receive your truth today. Um, Father, use this book, use this time to play something permanent in our hearts and our minds. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We're going to ask for uh, the honoring of God's word that you would stand with us as we read Ecclesiastics, the third chapter. For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to cry, a time to laugh, a time to grieve, and a time to dance. Amen. You guys may be seated. It's a quick verse. Normally we have like about 1,700, but that was a quick verse. Um, <laughs> life, life is, is full of amazing things, and there's so many opportunities for us to go after life and pursue it. Um, there's jobs we want to get. There's uh, financial successes we want to get. We want our house to look a certain way. We want our cars to look a certain way. We want our kids to be a certain way. We want to grow and develop and develop and develop and develop. We want to move, shake, and go. And in this culture and in this time and in this day, it is imperative in this arena that we live in, in this great state of Maryland where we are, it seems that we are always on the constant hustle and bustle and move and grind and go and get up and do things and bam, kids here, kids there, work, get this money, job, boo, boo, boo. Everything keeps moving and running and rolling. And the issue is that we put so much focus and so much emphasis on getting things done, getting kids to school, getting them to activities, uh, being involved in this thing, being involved in that thing. It ends up becoming such a huge responsibility that we forget to have fun and enjoy life. And I want to share with you for the next couple of moments the importance of understanding that there is a time to do a lot of great stuff. There's a time to do a lot of work. There's a time to do a lot of things. But there's also time to laugh and to what? Dance, to celebrate, to have fun. We want to talk about in these great to great uh, series that we've been doing Having great moments, having great moments, experiencing, expecting, feeling, enjoying great moments. 
God has given us the ability to partake in his great moments. The question is, are you willing to partake in those great moments that God has for you? Are you willing to put things on the side so that you can experience the very best life that God has for you? Are you willing to enjoy the great moments that are circling and that are around you? How do I know that God gave you and I great moments? I'm glad you asked that question. Your excitement is amazing. How do I know? Because in the book of Genesis, the very first chapter, God lists things that he does, and then he stops and says, it is what? Good. He steps back and enjoys his great moments of creation, separating the sun and the light and crawling it the first day. He says, it is good. It's great. He goes through Scripture talking about placing the land over here and the animals on the land and the sea and the animals in the sea. And he says, it is good. He talks about the nature and the growth of life. And he says, it is good. And on the seventh day, it rests. He creates man. He says, it is good. On the seventh day, he rests. He creates all of these really great, awesome moments, and he takes time to sit back and enjoy these great moments. And the question is, are you and I enjoying the great moments that God has given us and has placed around us and wants us to be a part of? And you're going to say, sure, I got great moments coming up in the next seven years. What about last week? Did you have any great moments? I don't know. I was too busy working. Did you have any great moments uh, this, uh, yesterday? I don't know. I was too busy worrying. Like, we're so concerned about stuff, we forget about the great moments that God's given us. And so I want to share with you guys today five verses where God tells us about and where Scripture tells us about experiencing and enjoying these great moments that He gives us. Here's the first one I want to give you. Number one, it reminds us of God's goodness. Psalms 84, verse 11. For the Lord God is our sun and our shield. He gives us grace and glory. The Lord will withhold no good thing from those who do what is right. It says in the scripture that God gives us all of these great things, these amazing things to experience. He doesn't hold it back, that he has purpose for us, to you and I, to experience the greatness that he has for us. He has purpose, he has put in place for you and I to experience the goodness that he has for us. I'll say it again because everyone's still waking up. Um, he's given us these great things for you and I to experience, these great things for us to have. He doesn't withhold it. He puts it out there for you and I to participate in. It doesn't mean that we sit on the shelf, we bow our heads, we just keep working and grinding every single day forgetting that he's given us these great moments to experience. All right, point number two. It says <laughs> it sustains us in our adversity. We just sang about this in the last song. We just sang Nehemiah 8 verse 10. And Nehemiah continued, go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks and share, and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before, the, before our Lord. Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. Great moments help us get through our tough times. Great moments help us get through adversity. Great moments help us experience life in the fullness of life. Great moments help to remind us that we are in a great presence of the Lord, even when the times are high and when the times are low. The people of ne in this story of Nehemiah, they've rebuilt the walls. They've listened to the scriptures. They've heard where they've sinned. They've heard where they messed up, and they become sorrowful. And, and Nehemiah says, listen, don't be sorrowful for messing up. We've all messed up once in a while. Hello? Some thank you. Don't leave my only hand up here. Good gracious, you guys, making it rough for me. We've all had these moments where we've messed up. And he says, even though you've messed up, let's celebrate that God is still what? Good. Let's celebrate that we can get back on track and serve the Lord. Let's celebrate that even in our moments of adversity at tough times, God is still good. 
What allows us to fail in marriages and in relationships is a lot of times we focus on the what? The negative. And when we start focusing on the negative, we find that our marriages and relationships start to go what? Downhill. Every day is not sunny and joyful and exciting. Every day is not exciting and wonderful. It's not the most fireworks are shooting off in the air kind of day. Not every day. But man, there are some days when I realize this relationship or this marriage or this job or this coworker, ugh, <laughs> ugh, whatever ugh is, you fill in the dots. But whatever ugh is, and then sometimes I kind of remind myself that, you know what, that was a couple of bad days, but man, I've had some really great years. And so when I enjoy the moments, when I pull those memories back into place, I recognize how awesome and how great God is. And those moments allow me to overcome through the adversities and the tough times. We want to roll out because it's tough sometimes. Celebrate the great moments, even in our tough moments. Celebrate the moments of life, the moments of love. God has given us great moments. Celebrate them even in our adversity. Here's number three. When we celebrate these great moments, Scripture lets us know it honors God as the source of joy. James 1, 17. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. It lets us know that all these great moments, they come from God. All of these great moments that you and I are to experience, to be a part of, to take in, to, to roll around in, to enjoy, to celebrate, they come from God. They're not shady. I like how he says they're not shadows. Excuse me for my, for my street waves coming out. They're not shady. They're not funky. They're not weird. They're God's perfect gifts. They're God's perfect moments. There are these moments that we're meant to enjoy. God has called us to what? Enjoy life. He's given us this life. And we are to enjoy it. If we're walking around struggling and we're, and we're hurting and we're mad and we're frustrated every moment, man, that's not great. All right, point number four. It connects our hearts to those we love. It connects our hearts to those we love. Psalms 133, 1 and 3. How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion. And there the Lord has pronounced his blessing, even life everlasting. It literally says in the scripture that God celebrates the God who rejoices when people, when brothers, when sisters, when people of the same like mind get together. He says that God is excited. He, enjoys, he rejoices. He celebrates when people get together. When God's people get together, he celebrates. In order for us to enjoy great moments, it's great to go out and take a bike ride or a run by yourself. I'm not doing either of those things. But you don't go out to dinner and get a steak by yourself. That's great. Praise Jesus. That's great. But it's awesome when you can do those things with other people and celebrate life together. When you can connect with people and you guys can go to the movies, you can go to the mall, you can go to the beach. It's fun. I got four kids. They drive me. I mean, I love them to death. <laughs> so it is wonderful when Rosie and I can get away and we can travel or we can go to Dunkin' Donuts or we can go to Star. Yes, where we can just, whether it's big and it's lots of money or it's $17.06. When we can get some time together, it is wonderful, and we enjoy that moment. Enjoy moments and enjoy spending moments with your family, with your friends. If you don't have family you like, find some new family. Do something. Come on, man. Make this thing work that you can come together and enjoy doing life with people you love. It connects and joins your heart together. It brings you these great moments. Point number five. 
It's God's way of using joy to renew us. Proverbs 17, 22. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit snaps a person's strength. It says that when you are having a joyful heart, it literally is medicine. It's physical, mental, emotional medicine. Being in toxic situations, being with toxic people, you being a toxic person, it robs you of your joy. It robs you of celebration. It robs you of life. I have made it a point that I do not like to hang around toxic people. And that's probably a horrible thing to say as a pastor. But here's the truth. When I go hang around toxic people that I know are full of toxicities, I purposely go. <laughs> I purposely go with the mindset that I'm going into a toxic environment and I'm not going to let their toxic ways poison me. See the difference? When I'm going to hang out with, with my wife or my friends or my family, I want to be around people that are going to uplift me. There's a difference between me doing work. When I go in to hang out with people that are toxic, I understand I got to come in with a different mentality. There's got to be a shield, a kind of mindset I have to have. I got to be armored up when I go deal with these people. We're going to sit and do dinner. Oh, I don't want to do it, but I'm going to put my best smile on. Yay! I'm going to do it. I'm going to dig real deep, and I'm going to be awesome and powerful and great, and I'm going to have those moments to deal with those toxic people. But I'm not letting their toxic ways rub off of me because I put a shield up. And some of the issue is that we're around toxic people and we don't have a shield up and we're letting their toxic ways poison us. And there's no joy in that conversation, that phone call, that dinner, that lunch, because we're letting their toxic stuff get in us. And there are moments when I am the toxic person and I need to start purging and, and getting this stuff out of me as well. Because as long as I don't accept God's joy, if I don't recognize his joy, I am going to be a toxic horrible, cantankerous, bitter, and sorrowful person. Everyone should say amen. Don't worry about it. You ain't got to. I know I'm hitting home today. I'm sorry. Here's the problem with you and I as believers. Sometimes we, we recognize we want to have these great moments. We want to experience this great joy with the Lord, or we, or we want to experience this great joy in life, but we don't fully understand what it means to know how joy, how joy works in life, how joy should operate in our life. And I want to share with you three reasons why it doesn't seem to work the right way, why God doesn't smile on us getting involved in some of these things that we consider joy. Here's number one, a distorted view of God. We don't know how to enjoy life because we have a distorted view of who God is. Some of us think that we are not and we should not have great moments because we've done so much wrong in life that we have to pay off our debt. And if Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, your debt is what? Paid. You can't earn enough good points to start enjoying life. You can't read enough verses. You can't uh, serve enough chicken sandwiches. You can't run around and do enough work. You can't give all of yourself away so that you can experience this. All You can't do it. You don't have enough in the bank to do it. God says in each of these scriptures that he's given us these good and perfect gifts. It's for you and I to enjoy these gifts that he's given us. A lot of us walk around with this distorted view that unless I do this, unless I do that, I'm not worthy enough to experience the goodness of God, and we miss out on so many great moments he has for us. Well, God wants to bless you with this. I'm not worthy. You're worthy because you're his. None of my kids are worthy. None of them. Never. They're not here. I could talk about them all day today. None of them are worthy. 
and somehow as good parents we find ways to provide for themselves they don't deserve. They didn't earn it. They can't earn it. Almost cuss. They can't earn it. There's no way they can earn it. No, there's no way. Amen. <laughs> and the beauty of God and the beauty of his grace is that no matter how much they don't deserve it or how much we don't deserve it, God's given it to us. We read five scripture where he has purposely said, I have good things for you. I have joy for you. I've put these things in place for you. They're here for you to use and partake of. Erase the distorted view of God that we can't earn it, that we haven't worked hard enough, that God has already given us this thing for us to experience and to enjoy. Number two, a warped theology of pleasure. God has given us pleasure. He wouldn't have given us the ability to feel and experience pleasure if it wasn't from him. The issue is that sometimes we take what we think is pleasure and we distort it and we change it to our own thought process of what pleasure is. So God says that he's given us sex. He's given us sex in the context of marriage. And you and I want to pervert the concept of what sex is. God has given us the ability to say, listen, these are the joys of life that I've placed before you. And sometimes we want to take it so much further. We want to make it all ours. We want to run with every single aspect. And God says you're supposed to have things and enjoy it, but in what? Moderation. It doesn't mean you get to run out and do every single thing you want to do. It means that there are times when you have to understand that God has given you pleasures, but you have, to, you have to operate in a way that doesn't distort or change the process of what that pleasure was intended for. Whew, man. I get that you want to go out and have a few drinks. Some will say that's not Christ-like. Some will say it is. All I can say is that God is given us these opportunities and there are tons of places in Scripture where he says you can partake of alcohol. I'm just using this for an example, so just roll with me. It's a pleasure in drinking and having fun and being with your friends, but when you don't remember what you did for the last six hours of your day, when you're trying to figure out where do these grass stains come from, <laughs> you're like, it was, it was 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and whoa, that was Saturday, and it's, it's Monday morning. This isn't even my shirt. When life, when life happens like that, we have partaken in pleasure to an extent that's beyond what God has called us to partake in pleasure in. God's given us these things. He's given you money. You can buy stuff, but when you're buying stuff to a rate where you're like, I don't know, come on, check, let's go. I need you to hit early this week. Like your check ever hits any earlier than the week. It is always Tuesday or Friday, and you're like, come on, Thursday. Like, no, like we've enjoyed pleasure too much. And so God has given us these pleasures, but we have to remember that they're in the context which honor God and bring God this full glory. Here's number three, an unwillingness to face false beliefs and unhealthy behavior. One of the reasons why we can't enjoy life is because we're not willing to open up God's word and find out what his truth is. God has given us joys. He's given us things to celebrate. He's given us things to be a part of. And the fact of the matter is life says society, social media, TV, music, uh, so on, so on, somebody else's theology, water cooler theology, all these other teachings say you can enjoy life like this. And you can. But does this add up to God's this? Are you guys with me? Like, I should be able to take the pleasures of, of whoever says their theology of what pleasure and what good is and what truth is and what society allows, and I should be able to open up God's Word, and I should be able to take their truth and mirror it to this truth. And if that truth lines up with this truth, then we're good. But if this truth 
ultimate truth is different from this truth, then this truth is not God's truth. It is a form of truth, but it's not the Lord's truth. And if you're living life off of the basis that this truth right here is good and is wonderful and is holy, and this is how I operate and how I experience the joys of life, that is awesome. But if this is your standard and this is your second pickings, you're going to miss God's truth every single time. And you're going to have big fun. Big fun. You're going to have a lot of fun. And if you follow this truth, you're going to have big fun and a lot of fun. The difference is the consequences to this fun never ends up good. You may think you're good. You may feel like you're good. But as time goes along, this truth will fade away because this truth never will. And the consequences and rewards to this truth will never fade away. And the consequences and the rewards of this truth by this truth says that there will be a consequence and truth to this truth that is not positive truth. Man, y'all should have never let me go on vacation for three weeks. Woo! Fired up, baby. <laughs> AJ, stack the weights. Let's go another round. <laughs> This is God's ultimate truth. And if our lives don't add up to this truth, let me help you out. So, so, so this scripture, uh-oh. this scripture right here says, uh, uh, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, it's not, I'm not like, looking at a particular scripture, but this it says in here, it says, listen, it says that God is the truth, that we receive salvation from him, uh, that his son died on the cross for our sins. It started from the beginning of time. It went all the way through, and it shows us to this point that this is God's absolute truth. You with me? And then some truth says, um, you can be married, take care of your household, your finances, your family, uh, your mortgage, your bills, take your kids to every sport, and it's okay to have affairs because as long as you take care of your family, you're good. And you understand that your family is who you love, so it's good. Your wife or your husband's who you love, so you're good. And we say we choose to accept that truth versus this truth, that you are the husband of one wife and the wife of one husband. And so we decide, he says, that I'm not okay with, with, with adultery. I'm not okay with it. And we'll say, I'll take this truth versus this truth, but I'm still a believer. What do you believe in? Because if I'm an atheist or a person that doesn't believe exactly what you say you believe, I'm going to open your scripture and say, so you tell me that you believe a dude died on the cross for your life 2,000 years ago, and he can still save people, but you don't necessarily believe in the fact that you shouldn't have adultery. So you're picking your truth. And if you're picking your truth, then I got to ask a question, how do you know the truth that you believe of salvation is actual truth? Because if you can pick that truth, why can't I say that's not truth? Why do I get to pick and choose what God's truth is? Why do I get to say that this is acceptable, but this isn't, or this is and that isn't? My truth should be based upon this truth, and then I can understand based upon his truth what actual pleasure is. And when I can understand what actual pleasure is, I can live in his pleasure because I know his truth. And that's why Scripture says to be in the world but not of it. I can walk around toxic people and not become toxic because I know what truth is. And I can enjoy the pleasures of life because I know what truth is. And my pleasure in enjoying a life never causes me to step outside the boundaries of what God's true intended pleasure for life was meant to be. Man, I ain't never coming back here again. (laughs) Just why don't we know how to enjoy life? Because of those three things. If you didn't write down the first five scriptures, man, get these three things down. 
while we don't know how to endure life. Number one, a distorted view of God. Number two, a warped theology of pleasure. Number three, a willingness to face false beliefs and unhealthy behavior. These are the things that stop us from fully enjoying God's absolute truth and pleasure for our lives. What do we need to do? We need to get serious about having fun. How do we get serious about having fun? We take God's truth, and we recognize what he intended pleasure for it to be. We experience it. We absorb it. We soak it in, and then we start to do these five things. Number one, or letter A, we slow down. The reason why you and I can't experience life to the fullest is because we're too busy being on the go. Too busy being on the go. Too busy being on the go. How many Sundays in a year, guys? God bless math. 52. Amen. I didn't know there'd be tests. (laughs) It was a question and answer for you. 52 Sundays in a year. From last year to June 23rd of this year, out of 52 Sundays, I preached 47 of them. That is 90.38% of last year on Sundays alone. I was preaching, counseling going to meetings, putting out fires. We don't like being in the gym. Uh, uh, Everything. Everything. And when June 23rd hit, we had some situations at home. We just had to to stay home. We were done. Five days of just being up at four in the morning working, trying to fix our house. Just done. Sunday morning, I said, listen, year of coming in. I was supposed to be here. Uh, I hate to be away from church too long. You got it, bro. Have a great one. (laughs) Chris and Marty, run with it. Charge me, leave. I'm out. And I never realized how tired I'd been. So I got out of bed at like 12 or 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And I was like, whoa, I'm going to sleep a long time. We went on this vacation, and it felt great to just experience life. And it caused me to be, I'm in my mind, I've been planning. I need to cut down here. I need to cut down here. I need to cut down here. I need to slow down here. Those three weeks have been phenomenal for me to help understand I need to slow down. Some of you all need to desperately slow down. You need to slow down tremendously. Some of you all have taken retirements, and you're working a second and third job. You're babysitting everybody else's kids. Like These are supposed to be your years to relax and you're working just as much, if not more. You need to, in order to enjoy enjoy the benefits of God, you've got to slow down. In order to make great moments, you have to slow down. B, in order, and you're saying, well, how do I slow down? Let her be. You've got to slim down. You've got to cut some stuff out and off. Out and off. We spent the whole year getting Zeph recruited by every school in the universe. And every school that wanted to meet Zeph and him play football, we drove here, we went there, we, had, we hosted people at our house from out of state, everybody recruiting this kid. And finally, when he, when he got signed to the school that he got, I sat down, I never felt so tired in my life. And taking off leave, I drove across the universe and back, and paid money and application fees. <laughs> Rosie's like, yep. We paid all this money out, all this work. We've done all this stuff. And the first thing I said is I'm not. Rosie, first of all, told me I can't coach football for the next forever. <laughs> However long that is, for the next forever. Maybe Jesus will be back and I can get one more in before he shows. <laughs> so she told me I can't coach anymore. 
And I showed you guys at the end of the season, I was like, you're absolutely right. I'll never admit it, but you're right. It was too much work. Cutting down. Running around trying to get this kid recruited. Tired. Cutting down. I got office hours. This is my hours. Your life is horrible. I'll catch you again in the morning. I'm here for you. Leave a Facebook message. I got you. I'll get back to you in 24 hours. Are you hearing me like I'm here for you? But at the same time, we got to cut some stuff down in order for us to experience um, these great moments that God has set up for us. Getting serious about God means that you have to sit down and you have to enjoy the moments that are in front of you. You're running around the house and, yes, dishes got to be done, laundry's got to be folded, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do this. Slow down, sit down, just sit down. There are all these great moments happening and we're missing them because we're too busy just all over the place. And if God gave us great moments, then we should sit down and enjoy those moments. Not only when you sit down, you'll do this point number, uh, letter D. After you sit down, you should be able to look around and find these great moments. There are great moments when you can walk away from the laundry pile and say, I'll get it later, and sit down with your family and watch a show. There should be great moments when you can look around and say, instead of me just typing away on this computer, the sun's out. Let me enjoy some of this sun. Hello. guys with me? Like, there's life to experience, and there's joys to have, and there's nothing wrong with, 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 with doing stuff, but sit down, take a few moments, enjoy the moments of life that God has given us. And then finally, so that you don't throw everything away, we've been talking about the last couple weeks, letter E, write it down. There are times to enjoy the great moments of life, to sit down and rest. There are other times when you've got to work And in working, you need to plan out opportunities to, you need to write down opportunities to enjoy great moments. What I'm saying to you is, listen, don't just say, you know what, pastor said, great moments, (laughs) just go run out here, we're going streaking. Like, no, I didn't say all of that. Like, wait, come back. You're my boy, Blue, but come back. Listen to me, we're not doing all that. Listen, Understand that there are great moments in life, and I want you to, and God wants you to sit down and enjoy the moments that he's given you. He wants you to take a few moments and say, wow, look what God's done. I want to experience life. Listen, guys, I know we had a rough day. Let's all get ice cream. <laughs> ice cream, we're gone. Like, enjoy those moments. Mint chocolate chip, cookies and cream. God, it sounds so good, doesn't it? Just enjoy those moments once in a while. And it's okay. There's other moments you need to plan for to enjoy because you do have things to do. Don't throw wild, reckless abandonment and just go for it all the time. Uh, schedule life so that you just, you can enjoy life, but you also have it structured. We're going on our next vacation. Write it down. <laughs> write that down. <laughs> Has anybody seen John Mulaney? I'm sorry, hilarious stuff. Anyway, write that down. <laughs> he says, listen, take an opportunity and just jot down the plans and the things for what you're going to do. Make plans for those moments. Enjoy life till it's fullest. And then here's me being all spiritual and biblical with you and Christ-like. Here's your takeaway. Joy is the serious business of heaven. One of the greatest Christian authors, C.S. Lewis, writes, joy is the serious business of heaven. What he's basically saying is that God has given us these great and tremendous moments to experience the joy of the Lord. 
And if you miss those moments, you are failing on every aspect that God has for you. These abilities and these opportunities to be built up, to be strengthened, to be renewed are in God's joy. And if you choose to decide to miss out on those moments, if you choose to say uh, next week, next time, next moment, and you miss out on those moments, you are missing out on the serious joy that God has for you. Joy strengthens your body. Great moments give you health and life and energy. Great moments help you overcome those obstacles and those trials. Great moments let you know that God valued you even when you don't expect it or you don't believe it's going to happen. God says, I give you these great moments, and if you can't enjoy these moments, you're going to miss out on the fact that God has great things in store for you. And God will be a taskmaster to you. God will be hard work to you. God will be this thing you can never reach or never succeed or never grab hold of. You'll miss it. We got back from our cruise on Saturday morning, and Sunday afternoon was a horrible, rough day. It's just how the devil works. You know how it is sometimes. Like, you've been on that high, and then <laughs> me and Rosie are having intense fellowship. <laughs> Sunday afternoon on the porch in deep, detailed conversation of who's who and what's what. And I'm thinking to myself, you're ruining my vacation. I just came back, and it's Sunday. I should have gone anywhere. Like, we're just, you know, we're going back and forth. And my phone's ringing, and I'm not answering the phone because I got a point to prove. <laughs> Whatever. She leaves out mad, drives off, and I'm like, good. I'm glad you're going to Minnesota tomorrow. I need three days away from you. <laughs> Who just comes back and does, I'm a horrible person. Whatever. Forget you. And I'm dealing with all this stuff. <clears throat> now, wash the dishes because I'm mad. Nothing else to do with this anger and frustration, so I'm washing dishes, and Brillo pad. I'm just scratching. I'm scratching the pan off with my nails. Just, you know, craziness. And I get outside and I look at my phone, and it's this guy that I used to do ministry with. And I call him back, and he tells me, "Me and my wife just had the the roughest fight that we've ever had in the last two days. It's been 48 hours of fighting." And he said, "I just called because I need prayer." <laughs> Bruh, are you serious right now? You could have you committed seven more murders, and I'd pray for you. I'd pray for anything, whatever it is, that, that issue I pray for. last thing I want to do is pray for marriage. <laughs> and he's like, I've done some things wrong. I've had a little bit too much to drink. I'm like, dude, it's 730 at night. You're already through two bottles. He's like, I just need prayer. And I'm like, bruh, I don't want to pray for you. I promise you I don't want to pray for you this. And I pray for you to get a new job. I know that's part of the issue. Can I pray for your new job? Can you just pray for me, B, please? And I say, man, and I sit down, and I put that phone on my shoulder, and I roll my eyes to the God of the universe, and I start praying for him. And I can't pray for him without saying, I hope that we can be better husbands. And when we are wrong, we can admit that we're wrong. And man, I pray and I pray and I pray for this dude, and I'm just sitting there so mad at God, like of all the times. It was probably him, God, trying to tell me to shut up when my phone was ringing, and I just kept going back and forth. And we get finished praying, get in the house, shower, shave, wife comes in, she's packing the bags, and I literally go to her and I say, listen, I am sorry. It's a big step for me. I am sorry. I'm not sorry for how you may think you processed the conversation. She hates when I do that. <laughs> I'm sorry. You took it that way. <laughs> That's you problem. <laughs> That's not what I meant. You took it that way. Oh, well. 
I didn't apologize for how you may have taken it. I apologize because I'm sorry for me being wrong. (sighs) And we hugged. And normally a night or two, we just kind of, you over there and I'm over here, bam, back together. Loving life, sitting on the couch, laughing. And that is a great moment because the next time there's intense fellowship, and it will happen, and it'll be her fault, when it does happen, <laughs> stay way over here. <laughs> when, it does, when it does happen, I'm going to be like, you know what? I had a great moment with my wife and the biggest frustration the moment that we had, and I can come right back and say I'm going to humble myself again. That was a great moment to know that I did something that I should have done. I humbled myself in a certain kind of way, and we could move on. I believe this great moment can change our life again. I'm going to humble myself again. And in that adversity, I will celebrate that great moment and come back with expectation that God can do great things even in tough moments. Joy is serious business of heaven. Even when you don't feel like celebrating about these great moments, the God of the universe still desires to show you great things in adversity and troubles and times if we can humble ourselves. And the question is, will you humble yourself to accept the joys that God has for you, not just for the highs, but in the lows and in the tough moments that you can experience the fullness that God has. And if you can and if you're willing, you will have so many more great eye-opening moments. You'll be able to laugh over so many things that are frustrating. You'll be able to celebrate those moments that he puts in front of you. You'll be able to put stuff down because you recognize that the God of the universe is calling us to enjoy these moments, not just for now, but for those that are to come. Joy is serious business of heaven. Let's pray. Um, Dear God, it's by your grace, it's by your mercy, it's by your love, it's by your kindness that you bring us to this point and to this moment. As we get ready to worship you through song, remind us of what's getting ready to take place here. This communion table, your body that was broken, the bread that symbolizes that, the cup of liquor or wine or or whatever it is that reminds us of who you are, uh, that you are the holy God. You are God that watches over us and protects us and provides for us. God, let us humble ourselves in your presence. Let us be connected to you in communion. Let us walk out your paths in truth. Let this be the first moment where we take and celebrate who you are, where we find great joy in being connected to you. Let this be the first step where we start to plan out our days, to slim down our moments, to sit down and enjoy and experience you to the highest height. As we prepare our hearts, Fix us right now in Jesus' name. Amen.